1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I'm Rob Black. A little technological glitch this morning. Caused me to start late. Sorry. I know you're saying, what's a technological glitch? What's that look like to you? Uh, Power went out on Saturday and computers and all the technologies uh failed this morning and getting it all back up and going. Not the easiest thing, per se. Uh, but with that said, here you got me. We're good to go. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's start with some of the basics real quick. Um, Friday's jobs report is clearly in the minds of investors. And that's not the worst thing in the world because jobs are a good 70% of our economy. The employment situation report for May kicked up some dust on Friday. And has it settled? Not quite. Um, taking a look at, you know, the digestion of the information is, I think, always worthwhile. Um, but it's, it's again, worthy of note that... Um, one month of data not going to be the end-all, be-all that you need. There's not a lot of vitality in the market in the early going today. You're seeing the S&P 500 open, go nine points higher. You're seeing Dow up 98 points, NASDAQ up 18, crude oil up slightly, just under $50 a barrel. Ten-year treasury sits at 1.73%. Uh, anything under 35 to me shows fear, of growth, and to me, anything under three and a half is trying to stimulate growth. Therefore, I expose my money to growth. Um, Some top stories of today, or, you know, again, just playing out a little bit on the jobs report issue. I'll go into that a little bit in the next hour about what was good and bad. The early deduction from that May employment report is that a June rate hike from the Fed can be forgotten. July probably still on the table, but, again, it's all about the data. And the data is telling us the Fed doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because for the last two weeks prior to Friday, they're like, we're going to raise rates in June, na, 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 We're likely to raise rates in June, na, 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 na. And the data is not supporting it. So uh, Cleveland Fed President Meester and Boston Fed President Rosengren um, uh, downplay the disappointing aspects of the report, but going into it, everyone was up playing how great the economy and the jobs numbers was looking. So there's a 31% probability of rate hike in July and a 50, uh, versus a greater than 50% probability, probability seen before the May employment report that came out on Friday. So expectations dropped markedly for July. June was taken off the table. Um, Janet Yellen's talking today. So she'll be talking a little bit about it, Bess. And, again, one of the reasons we're talking about interest rates is, hey, if you're an old person and you want to get a return on your money in the bank, those were the days, my friend. We thought they'd never end. They're gone. Uh, Bank's not giving you anything for the time being. So we're paying attention to people like Janet Yellen and say, okay, what are you going to do? Why don't you talk now? And we listen. And, um you know, can she back up her commentary or not? So she will probably continue to say that her path will be data dependent. That's been kind of her ballywick as a Federal Reserve chairman. I'd be surprised, frankly, if she sounds like she's, you know, walking back comments from just a week ago. She'll likely acknowledge the weak payroll data, but don't be surprised if she makes it sound as if it was, you know, not unusually weak Um as in, she isn't willing to buy in, that it's the true side of things to come. SP 500 continues to knock on the door. Who is it? It's the plumber. I've got him to fix the seek. The SP 500 continues to knock on the door of an upside breakout, standing roughly 12 points away from the intraday high um, of 2111 that was hit in April. It's a technical resistance point. Tip, it could open the door for 2134, 2134, and again, right now we're at um, 2108, so 2111 would be interday year high, and then we'd aim for an all-time high of 2134. And it's just a technical kind of play. Gap reported a six percent decline in comparable same-store sales for the month. I don't even know where Gap is anymore. I guess it tells you how to go to malls. Um, Old Navy and Banana Republic stores. Um, struggling. Now, that's a better-than-expected decline. And we're expected to decline 7.2%, but they only decline 6%. But it's tough to buy into a case where we're like, whoo, that makes me excited. Starbucks is looking to disrupt the multi-billion-dollar ready-to-drink tea market. Starbucks has teamed up with Anheuser-Busch to distribute a market Tivana tea ready-to-drink teas through the United States. Um, Starbucks is an awesome, powerful platform for coffee and tea and and caffeine. They've done better with breakfast foods. Uh, They're still tinkering and toying with alcohol in the stores for the late afternoon, early evenings. So that's worthy of throwing out there. Toyota halted production of three of its plants in Japan following an explosion in the supplier's plant earlier this week. Toyota's expected production to fully resume by the beginning of next week. Toyota trucks. So yeah, sometimes, like, Explosions and earthquakes do take companies out of business for a little while. The tech giants, uh, Apple, services have been restored following an outage late afternoon on Thursday. Apple said services to its iCloud and its photo applications as well as the App Store have resumed. Sometimes power outages affect big companies, right? It's the act of God news update. Snapchat has seen more daily users than Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, tweet, tweet. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that the messaging app now has 150 million people using Snapchat every day. Twitter is expected to have less than 140 million. Elsewhere, Walmart is partnering with Uber and Lyft to test grocery delivery services. pilot program will launch in Phoenix and Denver later this month. Again, I'm, I, I want to wait till the day they'll actually come into my living room, chew the food, and put it in my mouth for me. And I can stay on the couch and watch Games of Thrones and say, Who is that character? That little girl, she rocked. I'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube
1: Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Thanks for listening to the show. There's kind of a wait-and-see feeling ahead of remarks by Fed Chairman Janet Yellen. That'll be coming up at 9.30 Pacific Time, 12.30 Eastern. Uh, not a lot going on on Wall Street, Oil ticks a little bit higher. There's still that lingering disappointment from Friday's jobs report uh, tied towards May jobs report. And we learned a lot from that jobs report, to be, you know, fair and honest as best I can. Um, you know, the data's never as simple as, you know, hey, there's the there's the number. Let's go with that. Sometimes you have to look inside the data in order to get a good feel for how it's going to play out or what it actually means. Um, the Labor Department's Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey for April is coming out this Wednesday. It peaks beneath the headline jobs tally, and uh, it's it's called the JOLTS Report, the Job Opening and Labor Turnover Survey, and that'll be a big one. So what we learned from the jobs report on Friday is job growth ground to a halt last month, anemic growth of just 38,000, uh, but don't overreact to one piece of data. So now that one piece of data helps Republicans, though, because it's headlines. But you shouldn't overreact to it as an investor because it's just headlines. But in the world of politics, it's a headline we can jump on. If you're a Republican, you could say, you know, Obama and his fellow Democrats haven't done enough to fully revive the economy.
1: That's not even funny.
2: Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, but the job growth grinding to a near halt is the first thing that we learn. But the news ultimately gets worse there. Because when you start looking inside the data, the Department of Labor also said, let's take down April's total to 123,000 jobs. Um, that meant there were basically 159,000. There was 59,000 fewer. So that number was supposed to be around 172,000. But they said, "Nope. Uh, let's just add one, th- you know, let's add 38,000. Let's put this together. Um, and all told, the economy averaged about 116,000 new net jobs added from March through May. That's nearly half the 222,000 for the last 12 months. So already just using that piece of data that came out on Friday to look back at last month's number and get you know, some revisions, it, it make things look worse. Now, the problem is that is the headline data, or the headline number, is not quite as bad as it appears. May's extremely poor performance was tied towards a temporary factor It's believed about 35,000 Verizon workers in 11 states went on strike in April. And the Labor Department did not count them on employers' payrolls last month. That's the main reason you saw a big drop in the telecommunications component of the payroll. There were some other labor market indicators indicating first-time claims for unemployment insurance and announced layoffs haven't indicated a steep May fall-off. So on one hand and the other hand, so we already got, on one hand, it's more negative than we thought. On the other hand, it's a little bit better than we thought. Um, the weak job growth is not considered worrisome. A large number of people dropped out of the labor force for the second straight month. About four hundred fifty-eight thousand people just gave up looking for work, pushing the percentage of worker working-age Americans in a labor force to nearly a four-decade low of 62.6%. So uh, I don't get it, but it's that's the data we're working with. I don't get how people don't want to work so about 362,000 people dropped out of the labor force. Ooh, It's the first shrinkage in September and it'll happen. Wage growth was a bright spot inside the number. Wages post another month of solid improvement. Averagely hourly earnings increased five cents. The average hourly earned in America is about $25 and 59 cents. That's less than the nine cent increase the previous month of five cents versus nine cents. Uh, It's well above the rate of inflation, so we'll take it. It's a little bit of a diamond in the rough, so to speak, as far as inside the numbers. The Fed policymakers have indicated in recent days that they could nudge up their benchmark short-term interest rates. Um, And now it probably won't happen in June, maybe in July, but the odds are considerably lower. So uh, they're doing a game of prudent risk management. Let's talk about home improvements real quick. The $325 billion market on remodeling and repairs. What's good, what's not good? According to reports, kitchens are typically good. I say you have to be very careful with this because you don't want to make it too much your style. Upgrading kitchen costs on average about $30,000, but homeowners are able to recoup about 20000 of that when they sell. One of the worst indoor remodels is closet renovation. It's very low scoring. Only 1% of realtors had a cl- new closet to help them close the deal on a sale. That said, about you spend about $3,500 on average. It's not very costly to upgrade, but you'll recover about half that uh, when you put it up for sale. Best outdoor improvement is a new roof. The number one exterior renovation that you do outside of your home is a new roof. Nearly one-third of realtors surveys said that, you know, project helped close a sale on a home. It's a renovation that more than pays for itself. Getting a new roof may run about $7,600 on average. Well, the value you're able to recover from doing the project may be about $8,000. So you can recoup as much as 105% on your investment. Not bad. So that's one if you're looking at selling your home in the next year, two years. Might not be the worst thing to do now. Low-scoring outdoor renovation was putting in a new fiberglass or steel front door. Realtors said the improvement helped cinch a deal just 1% of the time, although about 75% of the value of the project can be recovered. Uh, it cost $2,000 dollars It's a very small project, so it's not considered worthy of your time more often than not. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Good news. History shows that stocks rallied during presidential elections. So the whole sell in May and go away may not be the greatest idea. Between the close of May and the close of October, the S&P 500 has rallied 19 in the last 22 election years, 86% of the time for an average gain of 6.2%. So I know you can't go anywhere t- today without someone saying, Hillary scares me. She's too much... She's a lifelong politician. And then you hear, Donald Trump scares me. He's going to destroy the world. And yet, both of them could be considered good for the economy and good for the stock market. So, but GDP growth is uh, not great during the recent expansion. Um, So this may be a little bit different. And Americans have a lot of debt on their hands. So about a year from now though, we'll see if politicians in Washington have heeded the message of the electorate and worked to try to satisfy voters. You think there's any chance uh, the two sides are gonna work together? Hey, congratulations to Netflix. They surged up the Fortune 500 this year. Um, It's the annual ranking of the biggest U.S. companies by revenue. They jumped, Netflix saw its biggest gain, so it rose 95 spots to hit number 379. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Saudi Aramco, their IPO could wreak a little bit of havoc in the oil markets. It could become the largest company in the world pretty fast. The public listing of Saudi Aramco's state owned oil company, it's called Aramco be terrible news for the oil industry in the long term, squeezing out smaller producers and causing big issues with imbalances in the market. There's some negative implications for the oil markets given the modest levels of capacity additions, which are currently expected from Saudi over the next five years, could create greater uh, volatility in oil markets. Mark Zuckerberg got his email hacked. Kind of cute, right? His password was terrible. Dada. da. Da da da, D-A-D-A-D-A. i know. I used, uh, you know, duo authentication. So there's at least two ways I have to log in before I log into anything important in my life. Um, and no simple passwords. I don't get it. I hate passwords. They have to go away in our lifetime. They're an awful form of, uh, awful form of, uh, security. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Talk a little financial. Planning. Joining me now, CFP Chadbert. Mr. Burton. Yes, sir. I got an email from someone recently that kind of laughed. It reminded me in a very, very bad way of what I don't like about this business. <laughs> um, and basically, it's, it's the nerd or the guy who hasn't saved who's trying to hit a massive home run. He asked me the question of, who's making the parts for Apple's iWatch? There's a recent article in the Wall Street Journal if people want to go get it and take a look. I personally think that's just the wrong way of approaching investing. Mm-hmm. It's trying to hit that home run when can the company stand on its own if Apple says, you know what, we don't like your parts, or you know what, we're doing you a big favor, you're going to give them to us for free.
3: Right. Um, it's like when a company creates a product and Costco is their number one client Yeah. to it's not sell a good, through. Yeah. Um, it was a company that had that problem. It was like a uh, garden burger or something like that. Okay. Or, I mean, they'll squeeze your margins down to nothing. That's yeah. part of Costco's job. There was a famous story about Home Depot that
2: um, I read a book called the death of competition, which was fantastic. And uh, Home Depot would invite people to Tropicana field. Mm-hmm. So two hammer makers would go and they'd put them right next to each other and say, we think your hammer is, a quality. We think your hammers A quality. How much you want to sell us hammers for? And they basically make the people present in front of them. Yeah. Um. And that just there's no competition there. I mean, that's Home Depot can sell millions and millions and millions of hammers, but they're not going to pay too much for them.
3: Well, yeah, and again, Costco will will make people the people will present their product to them. And they'll make them change it over and over again, and then they still might not take it. Yeah. So people will spend tons of R and D money on trying to get their products changed, and then eh, sorry. Can't do it. That would be scary for me to try to use Costco as my number one customer, or Walmart for that matter. Competition is, um, I
2: I think, a word that people should use more when talking about investing. Uh, Like, does Apple really have a competitor on high-end phones? Not really. On low-end phones, yeah. Um, Microsoft. They didn't acknowledge Apple's iPad or iPhone or iPod, and they got left in the dust. Like yep. they didn't
3: they didn't see them as a competitor like oh we're we're totally different we're the desktop it's a good thing they're doing well in the enterprise world and with Xbox but yeah. even Xbox One they've kind of you know shunned the gaming community right now with
2: it's interesting um, how Microsoft did succeed with Xbox but they're still having a problem like convincing the world what they are are they enterprise are they desktop are they you know I think they would benefit hugely by spinning off the Xbox. And just
3: making that an entertainment division. Yeah, I think, I think I I agree. I'm surprised the new CEO hasn't talked more about that, but it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I mean, just the way that you can use an Xbox One to run your home entertainment, it's yeah. pretty sweet. Who's marketing that, though? And see, I know nothing about it. Yeah. I, I get tidbits here and there from my my son, but at the same time, uh, lack of games and people, you know, moving to the PlayStation because of the way, you know, it'll, it'll come around, but tough business to be in, for sure. Yeah, the enterprise side is where Microsoft does extremely well, and why their stock price has done really well lately.
2: And the enterprise side being quote unquote offices, yeah, large large companies, servers, things like that. Although more and more offices are moving to Apple. That's the
3: device side, though.
2: Yeah, but it's not uncommon now to walk down the halls of a building when you're going to a business meeting and seeing some Apple boxes outside, Mm -hmm. some Mac boxes. I'm seeing more of it than ever. So they're making some headway into that definitely enterprise. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd save like soup labels, so your school would buy like Apple computers?
3: Uh, yeah, it's box tops, cereal box tops okay. for our kids. Yeah.
2: What's interesting to note about that is, you know, Apple's strategy was to get the kids young, and then they'd be lifelong users if they knew how to use the computers. And they did it. So I still don't own an Apple. So I do some video editing on Apple's at work, but not much. So it's weird.
3: I just I I'm I'm afraid. You know what's cool about um, one of the advisors. A lot of advisors have a a Bloomberg terminal. Getting back to your email question, yeah. And Bloomberg has a feature where you can pull up a company and all of their suppliers, and it'll come up with this. Um, it almost looks like a bracket for uh, you know, college basketball or something. And it shows all of the companies that are suppliers for that other for that company, and you know whether or not they're doing well. It'll be in green if they're doing poorly. It'll be in red. It's kind of a cool way to, to look at those types of questions on who is supplying the different products. But once you find a company, oh, I'm going to invest in this company because they're doing all the screens for Apple. Well, I wouldn't buy it if it's – they might do well in the next year or two. But if Apple's 80% of their revenue, that's too much power that Apple has against that company in terms of profits because it's not revenue. It blows me away how many business owners or people invest based on revenue instead of profit. Oh, yeah it's unreal. I mean, you can get guys that run businesses and they just they won't shut down a portion of their business cuz it's half of their revenue, but it's 100% of their losses. If that makes sense. And to bring up what you just said, uh, Samsung recently bought or is
2: trying to buy Nuance, which does the voice for Siri. Mm-hmm. So Samsung could could edge out the voice power. It could. It's but not going to happen. Is
3: not working after my last update. My phone is having to, I I'm going to have to get a new phone soon. It won't shut off, the top button. And then when I say, send a text to Rob Black, it'll say, who do you want me to text? Nice. I, mean, I just told you. I, I get so mad at my – I'll be yelling in the car trying to voice text on my Siri. it's is not working anymore. What's up, Apple? CFP Chad Burton. do you send me a new phone. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's
2: newfocusfinancial.com. So I turned on the news the other night, and I saw – I'm in bed. I know what you're saying. To sell it a little bit more, okay. I'm wearing a, uh what I would refer to as pajamas. Pajamas. I'm dead sexy. I'm dead sexy. I I've got this elf pants. They're kinda like sweatpants. Behavior uh, pants. They're kinda like Mike they're kinda like Mike Brady pants from the Brady Bunch, but they've got elves drinking beer on them. Um and I'm watching the news and I'm like, who cares about a hurricane coming towards uh Tampa. I'm like, me, I do, I do. In large part because those hurricanes can knock out oil production, which could push oil prices higher, which could push gasoline higher. And that's why you care about hurricanes. You want the hurricanes to wipe out the east side of Florida, not the west side, not the goal. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing and more.
1: Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: So Mark Zuckerberg got hacked last night. Not his Facebook account, but his Twitter and his Pinterest accounts, um, his Instagram account, we don't know, but the hacker said they did, but nothing was posted. This password was incredibly d- stupid, da da da, and it comes back to the 2012 LinkedIn hacking when hackers got their hands on passwords. So change your passwords if you haven't in a year, two years, three years. If you haven't in six months. Um, they say the best way to go if you're just going on password alone is come up with a sentence like, I like Rob Black, um, exclamation point. Um, I met my wife on June 15, exclamation point. So you could also try to turn on two factor authentication. That's when you have to use two things to get in a username and a password, but also typically like a pin number. Uh, maybe a phone number, maybe a fob. Uh, maybe they'll SMS text it to you. Down the road, it'll be more fingerprints and voice mails Not voicemails, but voice prints. Yeah, voice prints is probably the right way of saying that. So that's all coming. Uh, just throwing it out there for you. 105% return on your home improvements. Now, again, the best ones to do are typically the kitchen and the, and the roof. You're not going to get 100% return on your kitchen more often than not. Um, even though some people tell you that's the case, typically because they want to do business with you. So just know that going in 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk a t- real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, major credit reporting companies like Equifax, Experian & Union. Have changed their complaint systems to let people fix their errors a little bit easier. Um, any thoughts on
4: this, Mr. Mendez? Um, yeah, fixing credit is is it used to be a big task. Um, there, they wasn't pretty clear on how to do it and who to go to. Uh, now you have Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. They have great websites. Um, even some of these uh, bureaus offer free credit. Um, monitoring and, and things like that. And you go to places like Credit Karma. I mean, th- I I think being proactive with, with your credit is the most important thing you can do. Get a copy every year and just double check it. If you're not monitoring it with one of those, you know, handheld apps or something like that. But 8 million
2: people a year challenge their credit reports. Yep, That's a pretty big number. And now when you provide documents, the agencies, the credit bureaus have to forward the material to the creditor, letting you state your full case earlier it was kind of a brick wall system now you have a little bit more clout and again what i found is that it's as if they don't care so if you give any sort of document saying i did not i did pay this mortgage on time and the mortgage company's like okay you did they're not going to challenge it cuz they don't have the time the money the resources to that's what i'm
4: hearing is that these that the, the department that complaint department they yeah. they're, they're, they're going to just say yeah, we we can't dispute this we're you know and they have 30 days in the bureau to Remove it. So it's a challenge, and that's why a lot of people are, are challenging it more often.
2: If you do have a mistake or anything on it, challenge it for sure. Yeah. Now we talked about a, a web app like Credit Karma. Um, it doesn't actually pull your credit report, which is important because a lot of people don't realize. And I was recently on a plane, and uh, you know the, the airline is like, "Hey, fill out a credit card report, or fill out a credit card, and you know we'll give you twenty-five thousand free miles." Uh, but you have to do it by the end of the flight; otherwise, it's not good when you land. And uh, I saw a lot of people filling out credit card. Like, again, that's – the airline industry is now making more money from credit cards than they are from baggage fees. Um, But the baggage fees are important too because, like, if you get a credit card, you can now get your bag to fly free for you on some of these things. But it seems like a lot for you just – to me, I I don't know if I want my credit pulled on an airplane. Like, that just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah.
4: There's a difference between a hard credit pull and a soft credit pull. Yeah. Um, And that's probably a hard credit pull and it can affect your credit. Sure a uh, soft credit pull would be something where a credit card company is on a monthly basis checking to make sure that your credit score is good or when they're renewing your credit card. Um when I run somebody's credit it's a hard credit pull because I need to get all the information on it. Um and not just your credit score or any other uh, kind of easy data. So, uh from a plane, but I'm just surprised at how many people want yeah. you know perks
2: like that. Uh, you know, what the, what credit card do you use or what perks I use United. <laughs> but fun. you don't even fly that much. No. So how but many? My map- wife does.
4: Okay. So Does she
2: fly free usually? Yeah. Because y'all don't.
4: We we pay, uh, we use credit card pretty much for everything and then pay it off. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, and we just build miles and miles and miles. And now we're gonna switch over to cash back ones. Okay. Pretty soon. So there's some great websites where you can go look at the the max cash back banks and and credit card companies. Bankrate.com for yeah. instance. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Bankrate's a really good place to shop for credit cards. You know, something about credit. But you know what?
2: This was was interesting. Um, Southwest recently reduced their perks by about 15%. So you think you get a dollar for a dollar kind of thing. You don't.
4: Um, That's what they don't tell you is you can start, you can build a bunch of models, and they can switch that. Yeah. And any of the cashbacks or anything that that credit credits you get, and they can switch the the kind of denomination that you're getting. Because they're
2: using like this faux currency inside of your currency. Yeah. So it's not a dollar. It's a point. So they can change what points get you and don't get you. And they do it all all the time. A friend of mine's pretty pissed at Southwest for a recently changing their term. So she went out and booked as many flights as she could because it was the time to do it before the the terms changed. Um, Hawaiian's got a good good deal, but again, it's it's only it, if you fly.
4: Yeah, only if you fly. Yeah, yeah it's like getting a, a timeshare. Why get it if you did not use it? Yeah. There you go. It's Tony Mendez. You can find Tony Mendez
2: at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, some highlights out there Walmart is partnering with you, Uber and Lyft to test grocery delivery service. A pilot programs launched in Phoenix and Denver later this month. Snapchat now has more users than Twitter on a daily, active basis 150 million to about 140 million for Twitter. Uh, Toyota halted production at three of its plants in Japan following an explosion at the supplier's plant earlier this week. Toyota said it expected production to fully resume by the beginning of next week. Starbucks is teaming up with Anheuser-Busch. That's a weird combination, right? Beer and coffee. Mm Uh, Anheuser-Busch now has trucks. Elvis needs boats. Starbucks needs trucks. Those trucks that sometimes you'll see driving around the streets. Like if you go into a 7-Eleven, there's a trucker um you know he's got a, a a lift and uh he's got like 10 s- cases of something stacked on it and he's walking in and out the store and then it gets super busy in there and he's like hey i'll have you sign this later or to the attendant you get the idea um that's why starbucks wants to get those teas and tivana ready to drink teas throughout the united states and starbucks doesn't really have a fleet of trucks per se Worthy of note, yes, yes, Uh, Spring found consumers in the mood for shopping. Now, the employment report wasn't as bad as it looked. It wasn't good. It had some good wage inflation, Uh, wage increases beating inflation, but a lot of people dropped out of the workforce, and the number of jobs created was anemic, worse since 2010 of September. That's bad news. But here's some good news. We also found out that consumers are in the mood for shopping. April's rebound in consumer spending after a six-month slump brightened the investment horizon last week. Demand for consumer durables was the hardest spending. The category gained about 2.2% during the month compared with a measly rise of about two-tenths of a percent the previous month. So confidence grew, personal income grew, wages and salaries grew. Um, Personal incomes grew at a healthy 4% year over year. Savings rate eased a little bit from 5.8% down to 5.4%. That's not great news. Um, But companies like Michael Kors benefits from this. So, and the stocks can become, like, star performers quickly when we see consumer confidence and consumer spending rebound. The London-based affordable luxury fashion house, best known for its handbags, Michael Kors... Some accessories. They posted strong fourth quarter and year-over-year results that beat expectations. So sometimes this is how you try to interpret the retail sales numbers. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's a little bit of a wait and see ahead of the remarks of Fed Chairman Janet Yellen. Those are coming out in about 45 minutes, about 9:30 Pacific time, 12:30 Eastern time. Oil has ticked higher. There's some lingering disappointment over the week May jobs report. And heavyweight financials and industrials are outperforming today. Um, The market is dealing with intraday highs for the year. And then after that, it's going to be spit kind of close to all-time highs for the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 is still two points behind its intraday high for the year. Um, That means it's probably about 25, 26 points behind its all-time high. We'll get there this year. I have a strong feeling all three markets are higher, the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ. There's other markets, of course, the Russell 2000, the European markets. You could break things down in, like, healthcare sectors and retail sectors and financials. Uh, and that'd be pretty whack to do on TV, though. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't forget, I have a seminar coming up. I always like to plug these um, in large part because... It's great to put faces to names. Um, it's great to put faces to emails. You can sign up for the event coming up. It's the Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar in Burlingame. I don't get to Burlingame very often, so this is a good chance to get there on June 16th. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, those are the, really the top stories today. Gap had some disappointing numbers. Um, Some stocks' best days might have been in the late 80s, early 90s. So be careful what you're buying now based on what you knew then. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW on the Radio app.
2: Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing and more. Got a big event coming up, the 10 Pillars of Income Planning Seminar be at the DoubleTree by Hilton in Burlingame, June 16th, right around the corner. So I'd love to see you there, if at all possible. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Wait and see ahead of the Fed Chairman Janet Yellen. She'll be speaking in about 35-plus minutes. Oil prices have ticked higher. Lingering disappointment about the jobs report from Friday. And again, it wasn't a great report, but it wasn't the worst. But some of the trends were getting Weaker. Um, the bright spot was that we've added income to the average salary. The average salary is 25.59 an hour now in the United States. So stack that up to where you are, and you'll see if you're average or below average. And then look at where you live, and you'll see if you're, you know, falling way behind the average American or not. Average price of gasoline in the United States jumped by about six cents over the past two weeks to 2.37 a gallon. It's the one thing a summer tripping family doesn't want to hear. Especially if they're going to fire up the SUV, the RV. Fire up the RV. In the lower 48 states, the highest average price of regular gas was 287 In San Francisco. Boo! Why can't we have some pipelines in this state? Um... Average diesel price 239 The lowest price of gasoline in the United States, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Where you get low price of gas, but you also have to deal with people who have no teeth. So, those are like. Yeah, thank you. Who doesn't love a, an exploding cow? Seriously. And why do so many cows explode? Is it the whole methane thing? So, sell in May is one of those adages you have to be careful with, all adages you need to be careful with, as January goes, so goes the year. That's not always true, and sometimes when it fails, it fails epically. In 2009, for instance, for the adage, as January goes, so goes the year, the market was down 8.4% in 2009, in January, but it, it had an epic year up 26%. Now, 72% of the time, it's accurate. But that's a lot of statistical noise. And I would not read any cause and effect into January returns and returns the remainder of the year. Um, The trend is your friend. That's sometimes true until it's not true. It's just a dumb phrase. Um, Be careful. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. I like it in theory. Most of anything of what Warren Buffett says is a great idea. Um, when others are selling, you should be buying, and when others are buying, you should be selling. Um, And typically, on a volatility market return, it's absolutely true. The market usually performs well as investors get less bullish, as measured by the American Association of Individual Investors. Dividends are something you should pay attention to right now, but be careful how much you're paying for that dividend stock. You still want to look at the valuation of it. Valuation for dividend-paying stocks has increased greatly in the last three years. Um, So these little seemingly small payments have some big yields, um, and people value them. The S&P 500 fell 7 tenths of a percent during the year last year, but long-term investors still got a 1.4% positive return because they were being paid dividends uh, to the tune of 2.1%. Um, but last year was an extreme case, but shows the point. Since 1988, where were you in 1988? You spend me right around, baby, right around, and I got baby. Uh, the s and 500 has generated an average annual return of about 11.8% since 1988. But that return, nearly a quarter of that, has come from dividends. So, 1988, If what year are we in now? 2016, you go 12, you go 28. 28 years is... Of a lifetime of income, you only work from age 20 to 60 in theory, so you have to have enough assets to protect you after that period of time. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Um, The dollar index began the week trading nearly flat. Crude oil saw a notable rally. Crude oil is playing with $50 a barrel. Gold consolidated a little bit. I can't get into buying gold. Uh, up two tenths of a percent, but it's essentially flat from the previous session. So there's a company called ABBV. ABBV. It's a large component of the healthcare space. They're underperforming today after the Arova T lung cancer data disappointed investors. That's how a lot of healthcare stocks roll. They're, they're data dependent based on cures and based on trials the at cause weakness in other biotech companies so you're seeing ibb fall on that news um, home improvement retailers are underperforming today home depot and lowes tied towards maybe the you know consumer discretionary space as a overall group going lower lululemon Gained today after Kennecourt Genuity issued some bullish commentary on the company's first quarter results. Um, Whole Foods was in the news. They had a, a Barron's article published about them this weekend that had very positive, uh, positive commentary. Not very positive. Positive commentary is better than that on Whole Foods. ticker symbol WFM. Harley-Davidson, a little bit lower after Goldman cut them from a buy to a, a neutral. And they cut the price target from $55 down to $50. It's currently a $45 stock. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Take care. Have a good day. Don't forget to get events coming up. Talk to you soon.